Egypt hates shepherds. Egypt hates shepherds. Babylon hates order. Confusion and mayhem hate Jesus Christ. This world is passing away. And this world hates Jesus Christ, the King of the New Covenant. Good evening. The Calm Christian here. Reading a passage in the Bible that I find very, very interesting. As Mr. Spock would say, fascinating. Let me read it to you. Genesis 46, verses 28. It says, Jacob and Joseph reunited. Father and son have been reunited. I guess would this be something like when Jesus was taken up from a cloud, he went to be with his father and his father and him were reunited. He had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to show the way before him in Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, in Goshen. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face and know that you are still alive. Wow, what a reunion, eh? He thought his son had been killed by a wild animal because the brothers had smeared blood on his coat of many colors and they had lied to their father. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and will say to him, My brothers and my father's household who were in the land of Canaan have come to me, and the men are shepherds, for they have been keepers of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. When Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? You shall say, Your servants have been keepers of livestock from our youth even until now, both we and our fathers, in order that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Genesis 46, verses 34. Let's turn to John 10. What does Jesus say? John 10. What does Jesus say? He says, it's, it's subtitled, I am the good shepherd. John 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus enters by the door. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. When I was a young boy, 
and I went to a church in Etobicoke, in that other church. They were talking about this lady as a prophet. Oh, she wrote this book. Did you read this book? Oh, did you read her other book? Did you read her flagship book? And even as a young boy, even as someone who was seven, eight, or nine, the answer was, why are we making a big deal about this other person? I knew enough. I knew nothing. But I knew enough to know she was not in the Bible. But I knew enough to know Jesus was in the Bible. And that's from very young. I'm not going to tell you. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. I'm not going to tell you that I'm some great, wonderful theologian. By the age of six, I knew it all. But something in me rejected the idea that we should be making this big much ado about nothing. A fuss about a person who is not mentioned in the Bible. So Jesus again said to them, John 10 verses 7. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and sees the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Can you imagine the unmitigated gall, the unmitigated audacity for that woman who started the church that I was born in to tell people that she sees the Sabbath day glowing in heaven, that she is a humble messenger, that she sees one of the prophets in the Bible, the Old Testament, dancing on a moon, that she has angel messengers, Can you imagine the unmitigated audacity and brazen nerve of that person to write books and tell people that and imply and say that she is a a prophet of God? She didn't say that. She said, I am just a humble messenger. Fake humility and nothing but lies. And the Bible that has Jesus in there says... It says here, it says the thief comes only to kill and destroy. I am the door of the shepherd, says Jesus. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. Can you imagine that Jesus says the people who are speaking for God and they're not me. They're lying to you. Can you imagine maybe Maybe the people think that Jesus has a lot of audacity, but is he not the Messiah? Is he not the Son of God? Is he not in the Word of God and called the Word of God? Well, I guess if you're not a believer, that you will say, well, the Bible is written by old Jewish people and old people who just took Jesus and elevated him to the um, status of the Son of God. Fine. But if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you have done enough time with God and the Holy Spirit has spoken to you 
and you say you are a Christian, why would you want to be in a church with someone else who other people say is speaking for God? These are lies. Jesus says, I am the shepherd. So why does the world cultivate false shepherds? Because the world hates shepherds. The world hates Jesus. John 7. What does Jesus say? Jesus says in John 7. He says, John 7, verses 6. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify about it that its works are evil. Imagine, the world hates me. And Jesus said, he said the following. He said, if the world hates me, and you're with me, the world is going to hate you too. And that's exactly what happened in my life. Totally true. Luke 10, verses 16. The one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, says Jesus, rejects him who sent me. Wow. Jesus is either who he says he is, or he's lying, or he's a maniac to say something like this. But I believe he is who he says he is. So the same test can be applied to that lady. She's either speaking for God, she is a maniac, or she is lying. And I believe the fact that she said she had angel messengers and that she was hit in the head with a rock when she was very young, it could be mental disease. She could have mental disease. She could have a, quote, God complex, unquote, a narcissistic complex. But be that as it may, whether she was well-meaning or not, she is speaking perverse things. Do you know the Bible in the King James, it has this word, and it says in Proverbs 10, 31, the mouth of the just brings forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. I don't think I ever used the word froward in the English language. Forward, yes, but froward, F-R-O-W-A-R-D. What does froward mean? This is in the King James, so this is probably an old word. So I have a step Bible here. It's called www.stepbible.org. It's a website and you can plug in very many different versions of the Bible and you can sort of see them stacked one on another. You can even see the Hebrew, you can see the Greek. It has many commentaries. And if you pass your, your mouse over the word froward, you get an, an, a definition of the word and you also get the, I guess it's the Hebrew, equivalent, which is quite amazing. I can't even understand these letters, but it looks like something that I've seen where they're looking at scrolls from the Old Testament, just this writing. I don't know what this writing is called. Fro word means perversity, perverse thing. It occurs 10 times in the Bible, fro word. Click on the word to see more information. You click on fro word and it says to overturn contrariness, 
perversity, overthrow, crookedness, weapon, overthrow. Yes, so it's perversity. Proverbs 11 verse 20. They that are of a froward heart are an abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. I would like to be God's delight. Before I didn't really care, but I'm 57 years old to be 58. I'm not saying this for pity, but I feel the fatigue. I feel the tiredness. I feel the loneliness. I feel that. And much as I would have not liked to feel it, I'm glad because it made me depend on God more. The things have to happen to me so that I could lose my sense of me and gain my sense of him. I guess it's like the old movies. Superman took, took a lump of coal and he crushed it so hard in his quote super grip. Then he would give Lois a diamond and they'd be happily married. Imagine you can just go somewhere, get a lump of coal, crush it with incredible. You can give your girl a huge diamond. She'll love you forever. And when she doesn't love you, you just give her a bigger one and she'll love you some more. Because a diamond is a girl's best friend, but a dog is a man's best friend. But my good friend over there, Lazarus, well, he's not doing so good. I thought he was going to get better, but he's lying on the bottom. And I think my son's fish is going to die tonight. So I was feeling so happy that he might get turned around, but he's not looking too good. So my little buddy there is not going to make the night. My little friend, Gerald. Oh, well. Proverbs 17, verse 20. He that hath a froward heart finds no good, and he that has a perverse tongue falls into mischief. I would like to speculate that the woman and her husband who started the church that I was born into, maybe they had the best intentions, but somewhere they went wrong. Somewhere they went wrong. And I think if I can find it, I would like to read to you something in the Bible here that we were discussing and it was in let me see if i can find it now hopefully i will be able to find it because i will be upset if i cannot find it and i don't like to get upset Mark 8, yes. Sorry for the delay. Mark 8, verse 11. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he, this is Jesus, sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them and got into the boat again and went to the other side. Verse 14, now they had forgotten to bring bread. 
and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. We were discussing this in our fellowship. What is leaven? Do you guys know what leaven is? Do you guys know what bread is? Do you guys know about baking bread? Do ladies know about baking bread? I asked the people that I was studying this with, would a guy, would a Palestinian Jew like Peter, would they know what that meant when Jesus is saying, saying beware of the leaven of the Pharisees? Would they know? And the answer given to me was, yes, they would know that leaven corresponds to yeast. And yeast is like, it puffs up, it makes the bread puffy, it, it makes the bread rise. And it's, it's equivalent, it's a metaphorical way of saying pride of something that is wrong, of something that is inflated, has an inflated sense of self, an inflated sense of importance. And they would know that because they had to have unleavened bread for the Passover. So yes, when Jesus is asking them that, and they're not getting it, would they know what he was talking about when he said leaven? Would they know what that was? And the answer was, yes, they would. So this woman and her husband who started this church in the 1800s is producing leaven. They're producing something that is inflated and smug and self-righteous and contrary to God. Because their, their pride, their self-aggrandizement has inflated their sense of self. And they went from being Christians to being anti-Christian people who are making people follow them and their opinions. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you are a Christian believer, you are following Jesus. You are not following somebody else following Jesus. And Paul is very clear about that in 1 Corinthians verses 3. 1 Corinthians verses 3. He says, 1 Corinthians 3 verses 3, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos. And Apollos was a legitimate, um, a legitimate Christian believer and follower. But he was obviously very articulate. And he's mentioned in Acts. He says, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the growth. God is the one who has given us Jesus. Jesus is the growth. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the teacher. Jesus is the good shepherd. You don't follow someone else. You follow Jesus. You work with other people. You try to get along with other Christians, with other people inside the church and even outside the church. But you do not follow other people if you are a Christian and if you are serious. And the church that I came from says in one of their beliefs that we are going to interpret the Bible through the lens of this lady's writing. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, we are not. We are not amused and we are not doing that. And we left that church because that church is taking people down with them. Their denomination is lying to them. And they hate shepherds because they hate Jesus because they installed this lady 
over Jesus. They put this woman above Jesus. This is self-righteousness. This is religion of self. And it is wrong. 1 John 2.15 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. I like the abiding forever part. I like the living forever part. I like the living with God forever part. I like the new creation, never die part. What do you say? Is that worth living for now? Is that worth fighting for now? You have to fight because the devil is forward. He's perverse and he's an abomination and he would very much like you to walk crooked so that he will bring you down with him because he knows his fate. He knows his fate is doomed. He knows what he is going, what is going to happen to him. The Bible says he knows he has a short time. And when you walk with Jesus and walk in the life of Jesus with your master, you're walking with the good shepherd and he doesn't like that. The devil doesn't like that. Don't let him win. 1 John 2, 18. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so many Antichrists have come. This lady was an Antichrist. She created a perverse and false gospel and took it, the attention and the spotlight off Jesus, the true Messiah. And she put it on herself, saying opinions about Jesus. And Jesus' gospel is about loving him, believing in him, and being made sinless by his blood and becoming other-centered like he was. That's the true gospel, not self-centered like the devil. The devil is self-centered and all the religions that he has is about finding a counterfeit shepherd because the devil is Egypt and Egypt hates shepherds. And it says in Revelation 18 verses 4. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Egypt and Babylon hate shepherds. Babylon is no more and the spiritual Egypt that we're talking about is the world and the world is passing away because the true shepherd who abides forever with God wishes you to abide with him and his father forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and like the like the teacher said in the Flintstones etc 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 are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. Because I tell you, I'm thinking about what I'm telling you. 
And it says it in Matthew 24. It says, it says, and I'll tell you, it says it again. Matthew 24. And it says the following. Verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus says, endure to the end in Revelation. And don't let that woman Jezebel or a false prophet who is a man take you away from the true shepherd. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, everywhere, all kindreds, all people, all races, because God loves everybody. Jesus was Jewish, but he's for everybody, all for one and one for all. And then the end of the world will come. But for you, it's a new beginning. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. See ya.